as we come together on this Sunday, um, we remember that we are entering into the Feast of Tabernacle tomorrow, after the Feast of, uh, I mean, uh, the Day of Atonement, and we are entering into a significant period of, uh, of remembering the goodness of God. The Feast of Tabernacle is, uh, runs this year from sun, uh, sundown. Tomorrow, sunset at 20, on 20th of September, right through to the sundown of 27th of September. Uh, it's called the Feast of Tabernacle or Shukot. It is a time that we commemorate the, the, the time, the days that when God was with His people, He tabernacled with Israel in the wilderness for 40 years. And uh, many believe that Jesus actually was born somewhere around this time. Okay? Uh, there's no way in the Bible that says that Jesus was born towards the end of the year. Uh, but the historian, a Jewish scholar, and also scholar on uh, biblical Israel has come to a deduction that Jesus was born actually somewhere around there because God tabernacle. God dwell with man, dwell with his people. And that is the significance of the words that we read in John chapter 1. The word became flesh and dwell among us and tabernacle among us. So we want to look at today and the significance of uh, Sukkot, how, how, how it came about. Uh, why was that even 40 years, right? We, as we read the, uh, the Bible, we know why Israel was wandering in the desert for 40 years before entering into the land of Canaan. But those years of 40 years were years of grace of God miracles and uh, the goodness of God as we have sung today. The goodness of God we experience in our life is, is uh, number one, is because God is good. God is good regardless of our circumstance, the goodness of God prevails. Secondly, the goodness of God, God shows us so much goodness so that it, be not, it is not... Uh, uh, it is not an end in itself, but God has something greater and better for us. He showed us His goodness. He is, he is saying to us that, My people, my children, come and taste that I am good and draw near to me. Draw near to me and have something more, more than you can ever imagine. Have something more. Draw near to me that I will bring you into the promised land, the ultimate, the, of the ultimate. The goodness of God is demonstrated to us so that we can respond to Him in worship, respond to Him in thanksgiving, and to know Him as who He is. Today we want to look at, as I mentioned, that the, the, uh, the, the, the event that led up to the, the, you know, the whole Sukkot experience, the Sukkot commemoration. In the wilderness, 40 years in the wilderness, God tabernacled with His people wherever they went. 
So in the celebration of Sukkot, what they do is this: that they build hut, right? It also called yeah the the um, uh, the feast of tabernacle. The tabernacle is hut, right? It's dwelling place. So they will build hut. Children will build hut and camp outside during the celebration of Sukkot, and uh, they built they put the you know they put the leaves on top of the of the of the hut. You know, they, they make sure that it's make it make it very dark. But not entirely dark. There were little, little space on top or at the roof of the of the of the hut. Right? So there are little little lubangs now, huh? okay? They make sure because so that when at night when they go out and camp, they will sleep under this uh, hut, this this uh, uh, this um, uh, like a camp. They will look up, they can see the little, little stars that reminds them that the people of Israel, while they were in the wilderness, they, every night they look up, they see the stars. They see the, you know, the, uh, the night sky in the wilderness, in the desert of north, because you know it's clear sky, uh, hardly you can find any cloud. And to remind them that even in the wilderness, even in the wilderness, God tabernacle with them. Today, we want to take great comfort. Whatever wilderness that you and I may find ourselves in, God is tabernacle with us. You know, He's here with us. If you look up in the, in the night sky, you know, He said, Well, I'm so exposed. I am uh, I'm out here in my wilderness. But know that during this season of time, the God who is so good is right here with us. So before the people of, of Israel came into the wilderness, where were they? They were in Egypt, right? They were in Egypt. They were under great uh, oppression. In fact, they were slaves. Right? They, they were they were slaves in the wilderness. And uh, we, if you would like to have a glimpse of what God was doing in their lives in the midst of His grace, His goodness towards God's people, God was working up something that was so necessary in the lives of His people, His children, so that they may enter into something greater that God had prepared for them. Today, if you read the church at the, the uh, uh, bulletin, front page bulletin, you will have a glimpse of what happened to them when they were in the wilderness, uh, perhaps a reflection of what uh, they went through in Egypt. They were under bondage in Egypt. They were made slaves. Now let us look at what does bondage do to, do to us. Let us look at what, does, what is, the, uh, what is the, the, the effect of bondages. I mean, let's, uh, by looking at the, the life of the people of Israel in Exodus chapter 1, verse 7 to 12. In Exodus chapter 1, verse 7 to 12, let's read together. But the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly, multiplied and grew exceedingly mighty. And the land was filled with them. And now there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. And he said to his people, Look, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come, let us deal straightly with them lest they multiply and it happen in the event of war that they also join our enemies and fight against us and so go up of the land. 
Therefore, they take, set, test taskmaster over them to afflict them with the burdens. And they built for Pharaoh supply cities, Piton and Ramesses. But the, the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew, and they were in dread of the children of Israel. Now this is, of course, how did, how did the descendants of Joseph, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob ended up in, in uh, Israel? We read the account of, of, uh, of, uh, of Genesis. Uh, long story short, Joseph was a very powerful man in a time of, uh, of a particular period of time where there was a great famine. And so they, uh, the, uh, all his brothers and descendants, everybody came to Egypt and lived in a place um, called, what's the name of the place again? Uh, it just slipped my mind. Okay, never mind. Uh, so they, they, they settled down in Egypt, all right? They settled down in Egypt, and so they grew, and they came a pharaoh. Right? After many years, they forgot about who Joseph was, how Joseph has saved Egypt huh, in the time of famine, and how Joseph found favor in the eyes of Pharaoh. And so, 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 there, so there was that. And all he saw was that this people, this foreigner, was growing so, so exceedingly abundant. In fact, that was the blessing, the goodness of God upon God's people's life. What, does, what, what, what did they see? They saw they were growing mightier, abundant. They were multiplying. They were successful. And so he was insecure. Pharaoh was insecure. He, he, he stood up the sentiment of the Egyptians and he began to relegate them not only to second-class citizens but to be slaves and afflicted them and in the midst of all this, the more they afflicted them, the more the, the Egyptians afflicted the Israelites, the more they multiplied and grew. And they were in dread of the children of Israel. My dear friends, my dear brothers and sisters in Christ, when we are God's people, blessing, multiplication, and abundance is an inevitable outcome of our life. But when it is not happening, do you know why? Because somebody is so insecure about the growth of God's people. And there's somebody I'm telling us is not just a political figure, is not human entity, is not human organization, is not, it's not, it's not any, any uh, 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 social or anthropological factor. It is the spirit behind it. That spirit behind it, his name is Satan. His name is, in this case, he is, he is behind the thoughts, the, the actions of Pharaoh. Whether you call it Hitler or Pharaoh, it is the same. The spirit behind it is the same. It is, some, it is, the, it is, the, it is Satan himself who is so angry and he wants, to, he wants to see the people of God people whom God has chosen, the children of God, you and I as the children of God, He wants us to fail, He wants us to suffer, He wants to keep us in bondage so that we will not be able to be what God 
has intended for us to for us to be. Let me put it very clearly. It is not a human personality that we are coming against. It is the spirit behind the human personality. Bondage, what is bondage? Bondage is not free to be what we ought to be. It robs us of our identity and deprives us of our destiny. That is what bondage is. So the bondage that was placed by Pharaoh upon the people of Israel was to stop them from entering into their destiny. My dear friends, if today if you find that you are not entering into your destiny, you are not living up your identity, know for sure it is not merely a circumstance around your life, your past, your woundings, and all the rest of it, the sins of other people that has obstructed you, that has kept you away from God's bless. Behind it, there is a Pharaoh, there's a Hitler, there's a colonizer, whatever you call it, down the history of mankind. Behind it, there is only one spirit, that is the spirit of the oppressor, the spirit of the tormentor. It is the kingdom of darkness. It is Satan himself. Today we feel we are we are going to be we are going to identify where is the area in our lives that, that the enemy has been robbing us of our identity, stopping us from becoming who we are, and deprive us of our destiny in this nation, in your in your own circumstances. Look around us, anything that is coming against the value and the kingdom of God. Do not wage war against flesh and blood. Paul tells us, because that's not what the war is all about. Bondages rob us of doing that. So, Pharaoh wanted to stop Israel, the, people, the Jewish people, from being successful, being abundant. You know, the more they afflicted them, the scriptures tell us, the more they multiplied and grew. Why? Because God was with them. Because God was with them. Because they were covenantal people with God. Number two, bondages stifle life. It retards growth. You want to grow, you want to expand, retards it. We see it happen in Egypt. We see it, we see it uh, happen in the... Uh, in the uh, in, uh, in Great Britain. You know, I shared with us some time ago that the Church of England has finally, next year, in the celebration of 800 years of the Synod of Oxford, they're going to do a huge repentance and seeking forgiveness service and an act of public, uh, a public act of seeking forgiveness from the Jewish community of the Great Britain. Because in the history of England, if you're interested, you can, you can, you can do some research into the history of uh, England. There were laws that were enacted by kings, by, um, by people in authority that, that, that marginalized, that oppressed the Jewish people. Were there evil kings? My dear friends, that nation has called themselves a Christian nation in which we believe they are. But there is a spirit behind it. That is influencing the decision of kings and nation 
And today, even in parliaments, you can see the spirit in operation. We are not fighting against kings. We are not fighting against parliamentarians. We know that they are all good people. There are people who want to make things work in their own nation. They make decisions to protect their nation, the interests of the nation. But as long as the spirit of Pharaoh is in control, as long as the spirit of the oppressor is in control, he will see that we are fighting a war on every front. Even today in Malaysia, even in today in this nation, it retards growth. It stifles life, the life that God has intended for us to have. Number three, bondages cause affliction, result in oppression, they crush the, crush the spirit. Bondages not just hold people, you know, tie, tie people up, but it crushes, it crushes the spirit of the people. In Exodus chapter 2, verse 23, let's read together. Now it happened in the process of time that the king of Egypt died. Then the children of Israel groaned because of the bondage, and they cried out, and their cry came up to God because of the bondage. It was crushing the spirit. It was crushing them. It was too heavy upon them. Therefore, they cried out to God because of the bondage. In Exodus chapter 3, verse 7, Let's read together. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. My dear friends, whatever pressure that you find in life, whatever bondages that you may be in, it may be an emotional bondage, it may be a spiritual bondage, financial bondage, it crushes the spirit. So beware. Beware of, of such things that is, that is coming against us because once the spirit of a man is crushed, a person has no strength to sustain himself or herself. You know, it's something that is crushed already. You need to, you need to put it together. You need to mend it. You need to, you need to piece it together, right? And Jesus has come in Isaiah chapter 61, it tells us that Jesus has come to bind up the broken-hearted, the heart, the spirit that is kept in prison, that is in bondage, that is being crushed into pieces. It is not merely the change of our circumstance that we ask God. Today, we look at our situation. Today, there is another taskmaster. His name is COVID-19. He is causing, inflicting fear upon mankind. We go into hiding, don't we? It affects our lives. Today, we, we are even afraid to go out to the coffee shop to sit with our friends and have a cup of coffee longer than the cup of coffee before it turns cold. You know, you know we, we hear people who are vaccinated, who are double vaccinated, are in, are, 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 uh, you know, are uh, infected with the, with the virus. Where does it come from? Because we spend a little bit too much time to allow the virus to build up its load upon us. So people continue to live in uncertainty. 
There's a taskmaster that have changed our lifestyles. That have changed the way that we do business. That have changed the way we do church, my dear friends. The change we relate to one another. People are not able to gather together because they're in fear. Children are not able to return school. We know the schools are going to reopen in October, but how is it going to cause the number to spike again in Malaysia? Nobody knows. It is restricting our freedom. It is restricting our movement. It is restricting the things that we can do. It is restricting the children of God in His mission, in our mission, and her the ministry of the church. Isn't it a taskmaster? The scripture tells us the more they afflicted them, the more they grew and multiplied. Why? Because God is with them. God was with them. God is with us. He is so, so good. He is so, so good. My dear friends, we look at the scriptures, we know... You know, sometimes we say that, wow, we pray for the nation. And I, 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 I always believe that the, you know, what happened in the world today is because of the sin of the land and sin of the people. What occasion the, you know, the, the, the people of God, uh, uh, God wanted to let, uh, set the people free, let His people go into the wilderness to worship because the land of Egypt is so, so defiled. And I've shared with this, uh, shared this in a different occasion in, in power station about how defiled the land of Egypt in those days. That, that they were not able to worship God because God would not accept their worship in the land so defiled, you know? So God was saying to, to, of, uh, to Moses of God, to Pharaoh, said, let my people go so that they can go to the wilderness to do the feast. So they can go to wilderness in order that they can worship me because the place where they are, it is so defiled. It is so drenched in occult. In fact, if you understand the personality of Pharaoh, Pharaoh was not just a king over Egypt. Pharaoh was their God. Pharaoh was the God of the Egyptians. They look upon Pharaoh as somebody who can command supernatural power. Therefore, in Pharaoh's court, he has magicians. Right? He has magicians. He has people who do miracles because he is, he is worshipped as one of the gods of Egypt. And so, so, so the, so, uh, the people of God is, is it's, it's meant to be, the Lord said, you, get, you go out. But this is one occasion, my dear friends, in the time of, in the, time of uh, in the land of Egypt, that the oppression, that the affliction that came upon God's people was not directly, not due to the sin of God's people. You know what happened? When God's people was touched by the demonics, uh, touched by the spirit of oppression in that way, oh, you can see God is rising up like a lion. He rose up like a lion. He was merciless. 
If you read this, what God said to Pharaoh later on, and then just, just go to Exodus chapter 1 to 12, you know, it's, he, was like a, he was like a lion. He was merciless. Many people look at verse, verses like this. So how can this God be the God of love? No, this is not only the God of love. He's a very jealous God over his beloved. And his beloved was oppressed. And he heard their cry. He heard their cry because of their taskmaster. He said, I know their sorrows. It is one occasion that no sin of the people was being mentioned. And yet, the enemy, the oppressor, Hitler, you call him, colonizer, we call them, system of the world, we call them. Behind it, when Satan lay his hands on the people of God, of God's children, without, without any cause, he stood up and fight. The ten plagues that follow afflicted the land of Egypt like anything. The people of Israel who stay in this right, the place called Goshen, right? In Goshen, he was protected. Why? That is one period of time, my dear friends. We got to look at it and say that God, we want to come into that position. We want to, we want to, we want to address our own sin. We're not going to look at all these bondages around us, all this uh, not, not good focus. We've got to focus on, on me. Lord, I've got, to, I, I've, got to, I've got to clear my account with you. I've got to clear my account of righteousness, of holiness, of sin with you. Because when I'm clear with you, when the righteousness of Jesus is accorded to us, it is by faith in Christ Jesus, when we address every possible as the Holy Spirit lead us and, 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 and instruct us and, and uh, remind us sin and iniquities in our life. There was some time we come to power station, you know, where I lead people into repentance and uh, all this. Is, you know, sometimes people say, how long do you want to still repent? Because, my dear friends, if we have done business with the Lord and we stand righteous before God, what happened to the people of Israel in their coming out from the land of Egypt will happen to you and will happen to me. The power of darkness will not be able to hold us because the lion of Judah is fighting for us. We want to come into that position. I want to come to that position. I want to come to that position and say, Lord, I'm not going to chase, I'm not chasing after sin. I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not legalistic and and, 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 and I'm saying that, Lord, if there's anything, anything in my life, any decision that I make, my forebears have made, that has offended you, that has violated your holiness, I want to acknowledge it. I want to own it up. And say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. When we have done that, when we cried out, you know what happened? God will hear our cry. Because of our taskmaster. No other reason. God is saying no. There's no other reason that this is my child, this is my son, this is my people continue to live in that kind of bondage. He will rise up. Let me just go on, right? I can, I can, I can dwell on this, this particular uh, direction the whole day. Bondages obstruct the exercise of faith in God. In Exodus chapter 5, verse 21, 
And they say to them, Let the Lord look on you and judge, because you have made us abhorrent in the sight of Pharaoh and in the sight of his servants to put a sword in their hand to kill us. When, when, when Moses, together with his brother Aaron, went to, you know, went, to, went to ask from Pharaoh to let God's people go so that they can go into the wilderness to worship God, to hold a feast unto God, you know, Pharaoh increased the workload, increased the affliction. So they say to them, the people of Israel, the Jewish people in Egypt, say to Moses and Aaron, hey, what have you done? You say you want to do us a favor. Look, you're going to open your mouth. You're going to create all this problem for us. The Lord look on you and be judged. Are you doing us good or not? Because you have made us abhorrent in the sight of Pharaoh. Now, Pharaoh hates us even more. And in the sight of his servants, his taskmaster, all those who are whipping us, you know, giving us uh, our daily job list and all that, they're literally putting a, you're literally putting a sword in their hands to kill us. Wow. Remember they were crying out to God? Remember? They're crying out to God. They were crying out to their God. The God of Israel. The God of Abraham, Jacob. Isaac and Jacob. They were crying out. And yet when this came, their faith cannot rise. You know, whatever bondages that we are struggling with, do not take them very lightly because it obstructs the growth of our faith. If you, it, you know, let's, let's, you know, it, it, now I, I'm, I'm sure you make sense. If you are struggling in, in, the, in the bondages, uh, in, the, in the bondage of a, a physical illness or a financial bondage, and sometimes it is people ask, uh, tell us that the God is good. God is good. You say, yeah, God is good. You've always said, yeah, God is good. Because faith cannot arise because of the bondages. That if, how do sometimes Christians deal with this kind of bondages? Oh, God's grace is sufficient for me. We, we talk about that, right? When Paul said those words, Paul said it in the, against the backdrop, I know what God you have called me. That is non-negotiable. That is immovable. Because I know that God, you have called me to be apostle to the Gentiles. I will go this way. Before you ask, you have never asked me to retire. But this, this thorn in the flesh is really troubling me. But Jesus said, you go this way. My grace is sufficient for you. It is not before Paul realize and convince that this is the way, this is his destiny. This is who he has been made, created, called to be. To be a light to the Gentiles for God. Therefore, whatever comes, whatever form, that force me to give up, Jesus say, my grace is sufficient for you. My dear friends, my dear brothers and sisters in Christ, not every bondage, every affliction is for us to just endure. Some of them is for us to battle and overcome because they come from the oppressor. They come from Pharaoh. Just like what Pharaoh did 
to the people of Israel. Can you imagine that if, it, if Moses would come to the Jewish people, oh, God saying, my grace is sufficient for you. You're going to oppress, you tahan only, you tahan only. Because your end is going to be better. If that is the case, the Jewish people never, would never have entered into the land of Canaan. Never to be called a people of, of God, living up their destiny, living up and their, their identity, shining for Jesus. If you are struggling with that bondages, my dear friends, do not stop struggling and do not give in and do not say like the people say. Now the oppressor is even more fierce. Oh. Better stay quiet. Better keep quiet. I'm talking about the hands of Satan, the hands of the devil upon your life, your finances, your health, your children, your business, your ministry, your witness, your mission to that God has given to you. If it is the hand of the enemy is upon you, you say to the enemy, there is something that is non-negotiable. I am stepping up. I am moving towards my destiny. And that is inexchangeable. That is non-negotiable. That is immovable. My grace is sufficient for you. There, what Jesus says. Go the same direction. Not staying there and do nothing and just endure. Just tahan sajalah. We are not supposed to endure. We are supposed to rise up into the strength of the Lion of Judah. We are strengthless. God, you are, you are good. You, you strengthen me. You empower me. You heal me. You restore me. You bind up my brokenness, my broken spirit, so that I can make whole again, so that I can just be whole, no, so that I can enter into something more, much more than what I can imagine. So that I can enter in. I don't need to fight for it. I don't need to embrace it. I need to stand with you. And God today is saying to His people, I have roared like a lion. Are you going to make a way? Or are we rowing together with God, the Lion of Judah? Next, bondages hinder the Word of God. Causes the heart to be hard soil. In Exodus chapter 6, verse 9, so Moses spoke thus to the children of Israel, but they did not heed Moses because of anguish of spirit and cruel bondage. You see, sometimes we, we hear the word of God, it, it cannot go in. Why? Because of the the spirit that is crushed. Today, my dear friends, the Lord says that allow me to bind up the brokenness in your spirit. Today, if you say that, I, oh, pastor, I cannot stand and fight. In fact, I'm just lying on my bed. Maybe not physically, maybe physically. But I cannot get out of bed. You know what the Lord has in store for us? He wants to come and tabernacle with us. He wants to bring the wholeness into our spirit. 
because he hear our cry. He hear our heart cry. Let us do business with him. Let us continue to in this season of time. He said, Lord, I want to be in the position of favor. I want to have in a clean account with you. But God is gracious to those under bondages. He does not discount us. He does not write us off. He doesn't say that, hey, you weak, you, 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 you weakling, stand up and fight. No, he doesn't tell us that. His grace, because all these scriptures that we have been reading, we've been looking at, God heard their cry. God paid attention. God remembered them. Not that God has forgiven, has forgotten them, but God remembered, hey, these are the people whom I make a promise. These are my covenantal people. And they are crying out to me right now. I will not stay silent. That is our God. Today, as I shared with us before, that He may seem silent, but He is not. We ask God, God, would you come? You know, we are so crushed. We are so disappointed. And as I, say, as I, as I shared with us last Tuesday, my concern is that under all these challenges, pandemic or without pandemic, we've got people whole. Our, our, our ground. Will we hold on to this God who is not only powerful, good, but He will come and bind up our broken pieces in our spirit and make us whole. He will open prison door for us to walk out. The prisons of bondages, He will do that for us. How do we see, how do we see grace under bondages for, to, to, to those who are under grace of God to those who are under bondages. First of all, we see favor from those who are with the fear of God. They may not be, they may not be God's people, but they have a deep sense of the fear of God. In Exodus chapter 1, verse 17, shall we read together? But the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the male children alive. Because the more the Egyptians afflicted the Jewish uh, people, the more they grew. Ma. So Pharaoh thought of these things, okay? Thought of, a, uh, thought of a genocide, a plan of genocide. That is ethnic cleansing, whatever you call it. Huh? That's why I say that whether it happened in, uh, in Egypt or Rwanda, it's the, behind us the same spirit. Right? Whether it, is ha- it has happened in, uh, in uh, Egypt or in, uh, what is it, uh, Kosovo, it's the same. The spirit behind it never left the world. He said that you know, midwives, you go and deliver the Jew, the, 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 the Hebrews' mother. La. You see a male, you, you strangle the child and give it to the mother and say, Oh, sorry, your, 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 your son died. Daughter, you keep them alive. Any cleansing, huh? But the fear of God filled the heart of these Egyptian midwives. And they did not do. Now there's grace. Sometimes you look at it, we say, uh, oh, yo, good thing, or oh, luckily, oh, fortunately. The Hakka say, how choy, oh. There is no such thing. It was the grace of God. It was God in the midst of heavy bondages from the demonic power in Egypt. But this is Egypt, oh. The land where 
worship continued to be lifted up to the gods of Egypt and to Pharaoh. And God penetrate, infiltrate, deliver the people, no, grace, save the male children. And that's how Moses' life was preserved. And read the rest of the story, it's very interesting how the, how the midwives were summoned by, the, by, uh, by, uh, by Pharaoh. How midwives lie, huh? Okay, because of fear of God, huh? In, ironically. Lie to save the descendants of the Hebrews nation. God's grace continued to abound. In Exodus chapter 1, verse 12, as, I, as we read, but the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. To be able to multiply, to, 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 to be abandoned, to be abandoned in, in adversary, in, the, in, in, uh, in difficult, challenging circumstances, this is our God. There's grace. There is not an end in itself. There's more to come, my dear friends. There's more to come. God's heart towards those who are under bondage, He remembers His covenant with His people. In Exodus chapter 2, verse 24 to 25, let's read together. So God heard their groaning, and God remembered His covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel, and God acknowledged them. Not that God has forgotten them. God heard their cry, remember? But God remembered the covenant. Right? Remember the covenant when God remember means what? God will act. God is back with time for him to act. God has a plan of deliverance and redemption. Exodus chapter 3, verse 17. Let's read together. I have said, I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt to the land of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites to a land flowing with milk and honey. I will bring you up. I will deliver you. I will deliver you. He has a purpose for his redeemed people so that they might worship him. In Exodus chapter 4, verse 22 to verse 23, let's read together. Then you shall sell to Pharaoh, thus says the Lord, Israel is my son, my firstborn. So I say to you, let my son go that he may serve me. But if you refuse to let him go, indeed, I will kill your son, your firstborn. Wow, we look at this verse alone, huh? it sounds like God is so cruel. But my dear friends, God is not just, you know, not just doing it out of, out of his uh, whim and fancy because he was defending his people, defending his children. Let my son go. Release my son that they may worship me. The word serve here, he said that they, that, uh, that they may be bound to me, that they may be bound to me, that they may be connected to me, that, that they, they may live in my purposes, that their whole life will serve my purposes. That's what God is saying to you and to me. My brothers and sisters in Christ, the church of Jesus Christ need to recognize this that it is the spirit of Pharaoh that we are dealing in many circumstances, in some bondages, challenges in your life, in your personal life, in the life of this nation. Just now I mentioned the spirit behind Pharaoh, the spirit behind perhaps Hitler, 
spirit behind the oppressor, the tormentor of God's people and anything that is connected with God's purposes. In nations even today, in legislation that is going against God's value and the values of God's kingdom, that is causing oppression to come upon God's people, anything that is of God, anything that inflicts fear and bondage upon our lives, behind it, there is this oppressor. We must rise up and warfare. Whether we call them colonizer, you know, our nation is just celebrated the Malaysia Day on the 16th of September. We are free from colonization. This is not what I'm saying. This is what the secular colonists are saying in this week. Are we truly free? The colonizer has left this nation. But have we been set free from the spirit of colonization, the spirit of Pharaoh? Not just over nation, but over individual lives as well. You and I have received Christ into our life. We have been set free from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. But are we truly, have we truly gotten out the kingdom of darkness out of us? We may be set free from the spirit of colonization, but do we still live under the dictate of the spirit of colonization? You know, you know what does the spirit of colonization do to men? What does the spirit of oppression beside all those things, all those things that we that, that we'll talk about? It creates it creates an atmosphere. It moves, the, it moves and dictates the decision of mankind, of society. It is a spirit. Sometimes we say, you know, there's a spirit of it. There is a, you know, nowadays we talk about a vibe, a vibe, you know, what is a vibe? Here you have the vibe. There's a spirit of it. This means that there is a way of doing things. That if how events are happening, there is a certain, certain signature certain signature. What an example is this, that, you know, the signature of today's society is this, that uh, individual rights and liberty is so important. It sometimes is paramount. More important than the, uh, the welfare of the community, the welfare of all. We have described it in many ways. Sociologists, Christians, has described it in many ways called individualism. Individualistic. Where does it come from? Where does it come from? That is the kind of wind that I'm talking about. But what is driving that wind? Do you understand what I'm saying? The spirit of colonization drives a wind. There will always be an oppressor and those who are oppressed. Those who have come under oppression have always to respond, to fight back, to overthrow the oppressor so that they can become an oppressor. And there are those who are so oppressed that they'll say that, come with me. I just comply. I just, I just subject myself to the oppression. Do you see that it is in society today? But what it suggests to us that God in His wisdom has the third option 
when it comes to oppression, the oppressor and the op oppressed. You don't need to take either the position of an oppressor or the oppressed. You can take the position of liberty. You live above oppression. We live above fatalism. You know what fatalism is? Whatever will come, will come. You just live according to your fate. And sometimes Christians, may I say it very boldly, be sugar-coated. Not that the scripture is not true, but we need to understand what the scripture is saying. We sugarcoat and we say to ourselves, under that spirit, the oppression of the spirit, colonization and oppression, God's grace is sufficient for me. So we do not fight. We just resign to the fact. We live in fatalism. We sugarcoat it and call it the grace of God. No more, my dear friends. We should not take it lying down. Not that we should become oppressor. Not that we will turn violent against human entity, human, human organization. But we rise up in the spirit. That is the third position. The third position we take is that, Lord, I will rise with you. Strengthen me, bind me up, heal me, restore me, set me free from this bondage, that, that I may walk in the third way, the third, the third, third, you know, the third position. That is to triumph in the power of God, overcome evil with good, overcome hate with love. Because why? I am healed. I have tasted the goodness of the Lord. I am being healed. I am being put together. I tasted the goodness of the Lord. I say to you, the spiritual power, the Pharaoh, the spiritual Pharaoh, you must come down. The Lord is against you. I'm taking you down. I'm saying to the agents of the spirit of oppression, I love you. And saying to those who, 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 who live a life that is resigning to the fact, huh? don't do anything. Keep very quiet. The Chinese says, Rise up in your spirit. You're not a doormat to the oppressor. But don't rise up in violence. Cry out to this God. The third position is from Jesus himself. He has come to set the captives free. He comes to break the yoke. He has come to declare vengeance on the enemy of God. It is His battle and we are joining Him. My dear friends, today as we come to the end of our, of our worship service, I want to invite you to rise up in your spirit and we begin to pray against Pharaoh, against oppressor. Can I invite the worship team to come and let us come together and begin to pray to the Lord. You know, 
we're going to come to the Lord and say, Lord, I want to, I want to rise up in your power, in your purposes. I want to, I want to choose the, you know, the third, the third way, the third position, that is to stand with you, to speak to the spiritual Pharaoh no more, and to speak to the oppressor, grace, grace and love, and speak to the oppressed, healing and freedom. Father, we love to come to you, Lord. My dear friends, my brother and sister in Christ, in this next five minutes, let us come to the Lord and begin to raise up, raise up situations. You know you're addressing, you know that you're addressing some, some situation in, of bondages right now, today. And I'd encourage you to, 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 uh, to take the bull by the horn, so, so to speak. Take the situation to, to the Lord and say, Lord, I am not going to be oppressed anymore. I'm not going to be in bondage anymore. I'm not going to be dictated. My, the outcome of my life is not dictated by my circumstances. The outcome of my life is not dictated by this spiritual pharaoh, this spiritual oppressor, this bondage, the devil who inflicts bondage upon, upon me. I'm coming to the bondage breaker. I'm coming to the bondage breaker. And I pray, oh God, would you fight for me, O oh Lord? Would you fight for me, O oh Lord? Shakala ba 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 Let us invite Jesus to come into the situation. Let us invite our God. He is both the lion and the lamb. Yes, he is a lion, but he is not an oppressor. He is the lamb. He is not weak. And he is not fatalistic. He is both the lion and the lamb. He holds the two positions in one to set mankind free, to put, to give hope to us, to break us free from bondages. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord.